Family from the Heart, podcast episode number 47. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. Today, we're going to be talking about having too much fun and also communication in marriage. Whole bunch of stuff. And Professor Allen's going to give us... Having too much fun with communication in marriage. (laughs) (laughs) And all that good stuff. Stephanie, I love you so much, and I'm so glad that we have set aside these Wednesdays to come together to record the Family from the Heart podcast. Just want to let people know that we just had an awesome time. We, we Prior to this, prior to today, we had kind of scheduled our Wednesdays to be, you know, at 10 o'clock, from 10 o'clock until 11, 11, 15, we would do accounting work together. We would kind we of, would. we would uh, get quick, you would help me with getting QuickBooks up to date. And then we would do Family from the Heart. And then after that, we'd go pick up McKenna and go out and have lunch together and talk about business-related stuff. And I'm just really excited because uh, we had made a decision that we are going to start spending some couples devotional time on Wednesday mornings from, what was it, from 10 to 1130. And Mm -hmm. during this time, we would would do a devotional thought um, together as a couple we would talk about that, how it applies to our family. We would then decide and have some good conversation about what it is we're actually going to talk about in Family from the Heart. Right. And and then after that, we would go out to lunch and or we would pick up McKenna, <laughs> go out to lunch, and then we would come back and do the accounting stuff afterwards. Yes. And I, th- I I'm really excited about that. And t- so today we did this. We did. So, or we've we've started this anyway. And you wanted you thought today's devotional thought was so good that you wanted to kind of start off today, even though people are waiting very intensely. We can talk about communication first, but I really think that the two tie in together. They they do, but we're we're gonna talk about communication and marriage. And For me, they do. But we're going to start off with a our, the devotional thought that we read today from uh, the devotional book. Do you want to tell them what the book is, Steph? Sure. The book is, let me look at the um, Moments Together for Couples by Dennis and Barbara Rainey. And how long have we had this book? Um, Probably since we got married. Wasn't, um, we didn't write the date in it, but I did see back here somewhere where we had done a devotion. Well, right here, um, Satan's Lies to Families, we did on 9797. So there you go. We've had this thing for at, at least <laughs> at least 12 years now. Quite a, quite a few years now. Yeah. All and right. we have still not covered the entire book. This this is true. <laughs> and that, that's nothing to be excited about, but Well, I was just making a point. Exactly. All. Well, here's the deal. Um it, it's a great devotional guide. We, the times that we have sat down and read, it has led us to some great discussion. That doesn't mean that you know, we don't have other devotions that don't come out of this book. This no, just gives us a little little starting spot. Way to make it sound better. <laughs> Not just kidding. No, I'm just trying to be honest. I'm sorry. I, I know you were. I'm just being silly. Over you know here. what? We really suck and we've only done three devotions in 12 years. That's it. <laughs> and we're done. We did pray together once in, what was that, May of 02? No. Sure. You know, yeah. whatever. But um, no, I, I'm not trying to, to sugarcoat it or make it sound... Clearly, we don't, you know, we have our issues as a couple. Yes. But um, you're making it sound like 
No, I'm not making it sound like I was just joking. It was a joke. Okay. All right. Okay. So anyway, this it is a great book. Um, and and of course, I'll just let people know right off the bat. If you go to the show notes for Family from the Heart, it'll link you to the forum where the full show notes are. Right. And basically, there will be a link to where you can buy this book and another book that we'll talk at, about at the end of the show today. And uh, both of these books can be purchased uh, with 10% off at Mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com. And you get Did 10- I miss the other book you were talking about? Uh, the, we're going to oh, talk the, about the family the devotion. Okay, yeah, for, with the kids. Okay. Exactly. That's, that's where so, I thought you were. Right. So we wanted to let you know that you can get, there's direct links to where you can buy those on Mardell.com. And I think after you hear today's devotional thought and, and the kind of thought-provoking stuff that comes out of it, you may be interested in this devo- uh, couple's devotional book. So, Stephanie, why don't we, you go ahead and one more thing start about off. this? Yeah, about this couple's devotional book is that when we got it, um, we it does have a date above each, so you could you know start it on January first and do one devotion every year or every day of the year. But um, we don't tend to work like that, so we just open it up and you know yes read whichever one we open to or flip till we find or or flip until we find a title that that sounds interesting to us that day. But when we first started this book, um, when we first bought it and, and read through it, we didn't have children. And so it it was like every time we sat down to do a devotion, it was about children. (laughs) And so that's part of the, that's part of the reason that we never really stuck with this book in the beginning. Well, explain to folks how the topic of children was an, (laughs) an issue of contention between us. Yeah. See, we got married in 96. And so by 97, Cliff was still never going to have children. And that was my one and only desire. So it was quite a not not a very good topic. Yeah, we encourage you to go back about four or five episodes. This the title of Family from the Heart episode titled uh, uh, Before You Get Married. Yeah. (laughs) Things to talk about. Well, no, I married you knowing you didn't want kids. I just back then still thought I could change you. And like I said, go back and and listen to before you get married. Have since learned. um, I can only change myself. Right. Yeah. It, it was it was actually so bad, folks. And, and and to think back, I can't imagine that I was ever this way. But uh, we used to go out as a husband and wife and we would sit down in a restaurant yeah. and we'd be eating dinner. It would be served. We'd be eating. And um, the hostess or host of the restaurant would set a family with young children next to us and they would start getting a little rowdy and we would actually ask our waiter or waitress if they Not we. Okay, I would. <laughs> not not we. We could move because they were just so darn distracting and loud and obnoxious and Now we're that family. And now we're that family. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? The first time you did that we were dating and I don't know how I ever continued to, to date you after. <laughs> I really don't. But yeah, we would have to get up and move our plate and our drink and yeah. yeah, it was. It was pretty bad. It was so, pretty bad. So, so we're not talking about just a, a small minor disagreement yeah. on, on when we're having children. It was just like, <laughs> I don't not, like kids. Yeah. Come on. Right. And uh, God really changed my heart over the years. And uh, I became one of those like gushy dads when, when my first little girl was coming. And yeah, it yeah. was, it changed everything for me. It did. And, and I'm excited. I, I, I love our children and I love our family and. And uh, God has been tremendously awesome to uh, bless us with uh, great health and and all Mm -hmm. the wonderful things that we have. So absolutely. I just want to point that out. So 
that's all we have to say about the book. <laughs> now, right. Now let's read from it. Now let's read from it. Um, okay. So the title is um, Rx <laughs> Laughter. Prescription Laughter. Prescription Laughter. Um, the scripture is a joyful heart is good medicine, but the broken spirit, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. It's Proverbs seventeen twenty two. Do you want me to read the whole? Yeah, if you don't mind, it's not going to kill anybody. I was just asking. All right. I'm just answering. Are you done now? (laughs) Yes. I'm ready. (laughs) Seriously. I like to laugh. Someone has said laughter is the sensation of feeling good all over and showing it in one place. Laughter is one of God's lubricants for life. Spiritual giant, giants such as C.H. Spurgeon and Martin Luther were hooked on the stuff. Luther once kidded, if you don't allow laughter in heaven, then I don't want to go there. He went on to add, if the earth is fit for laughter, then surely heaven is filled with it. Heaven is the birthplace of laughter. When Spurgeon's elders asked him to tone down his humor from the pulpit, he replied, if you only knew how much I held back, you would commend me. Some of the most fun-loving people I know are spiritual giants of our age. Bill and Vonnet Bright enjoy laughing with each other and teasing one another as much as anyone I know. Chuck Swindoll has people who love his laugh almost as much as his preaching. Howard Hendricks peppers his messages with hilarious stories. It doesn't take much to imagine that our Savior Jesus Christ had the most winsome smile and the heartiest laugh ever. But the way some Christians live... You'd think God had neglected to create a giggle box. They act as though enjoying a couple of laughs a week is really excessive. Why shouldn't we shouldn't take things so seriously that we think everything depends on us? We shouldn't get too busy to have fun. We shouldn't become so goal-oriented that we subtly begin to think that people, especially our family members, are in the way. When was the last time you got down on all fours and ate your infant's tummy or wrestled with your adolescent or did something really rowdy or goofy at the dinner table one evening we threw marshmallows at one another and laughed so hard we cried life wasn't created by god to be friction free laughter doesn't level life's obstacles it but it does make the climb easier to bear Exactly. So here's the deal. Stephanie and I were talking about this. We read this devotional. Oh, you didn't read the questions because oh. at the end of each one of well, these. Well, it's a good thing that I bent the bind huh? and opened thing. right to the same page. Right. <laughs> so why don't you ask the questions that are at the bottom of the okay. devotional for the couples to discuss? There are discussion questions. Um, is the overall tone of your home one of laughter, of complaining, of criticism? What can you do to administer the prescription of laughter? And then it has like a suggestion for how to pray. Um, Pray that God will enable you to have too much fun this year with your spouse and family rather than too little fun. Exactly. So here's the thing. First of all, if we if we evaluate where is our family, what's the tone of our family? The tone of our family is that very seldom do we have those fun times. And and more often than not, the, the reason is because when we have those fun times, it's very hard for one particular individual who shall remain nameless to come down out of that mode. I mean, literally, it, it just, there is no off switch. But, you know, we do have those times, but it, they're very few 
and very far between. And and this devotional guide today reminded me that, wow, how many times as I have I as a father, as a man who is, you know, running his own business for the first time, still, you know, still, I mean, we are off the ground. We're actually, it, it, I, I would say we're probably on the runway, on the runway, and we're actually about ready to get some air under the wings and actually lift off. So that's where we are in our business at this point. So, so we have some great momentum going, but at the same time, I'm still very busy working all the time. And sometimes I unfortunately feel as though sometimes I treat my my children as a distraction or something that that gets in the way from me actually accomplishing goals and tasks that are set before me and I and I take life too seriously and and let things go uh like having fun and so um that that's something that this devotional and the conversation that Stephanie and I had prior to hitting the record button today is is something that that really I think God really wanted me to hear, and I have a desire now to it, to make two thousand nine a year where we actually have too much fun. I I think that that that's a good goal. I do. Um, I'm always told that I'm funny, whether I agree with that or not. That's just something that that I'm I'm told. But um, and so it's it. It's been difficult for me to be around people who don't really enjoy to to laugh and to be funny and to have fun. And um, so I'm looking forward to bringing more laughter, bringing more humor into um, not only into our life, but into our relationships, into our parenting style. I think that it really can humor and laughter really can um, radically change the face of our family. Yes. The one thing that concerns me thinking about this practically going into it is finding appropriate humor and not sarcasm. So, mm-hmm. Cause sometimes it's like, you know, our, our kids will ask us a question and we might give a, a little snarky response and we have to be careful of the words that we choose because I really believe that we are modeling um, responses to our children to certain questions or circumstances. And so if our question, if, you know, if our daughter comes to us, one of our daughters comes to us and says, can you help me with our homework? Well, gosh, if I was going to do your homework, then I might as well just go ahead and go back to school or something like that. And just, we might say that as a, in a fun, loving, very you know humorous way. But does that become the standard for how we respond to people? Do we always respond with snarkiness? So I, I don't know. I, I'm i a little concerned about that. But at the same time, I don't want to be so concerned that we can't be free to just have fun and be ourselves and to be fun. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. I, I, I think, it does. I, I think there just needs, at the same time that we administer this humor and fun and stuff like that. I think we have to continually work together as a family to, to talk about maybe issues of discernment of when's the appropriate time for a laugh and, and when is the appropriate time for a certain response and when's the appropriate time to say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Right. You know, that kind right. of deal. I think that that's where, that's what we're working on now, but that should never take away from, there's always a chance for a laugh. No, I understand. But I think putting the boundaries and and around that and and absolutely knowing when there is the right time. Okay. But I'm not so I don't really I don't think I agree with the snarky adjective that you used. I, I was just giving an example. I'm okay. sorry. Well, because I think that it 
I, Recently, I have been um, referred to as, as, and even I refer to myself as um, sarcastic or snarky. But those words mean to be bitter and irritable. And I don't think that I am, I don't think that the words I am saying are intended in that way or even said in that way. So no, there's got to be a different talk- adjective I'm- for what I am than okay. sarcastic or snarky. Well, I don't know who said that about you or and to you, but okay. what I'm saying is that I agree. We say things in humor in the appropriate times in the appropriate ways with appropriate ref- reflections and right. we have the discernment to know when it's appropriate to do that and not. Right, and that's but those, as we but model those that. Same ex- all I'm saying is okay. those same exact phrases will come out of a certain child's mouth in response to something we've said. In a different way. In a different way. It's the same words, and it's almost said with the same inflection, but comes from a different motive or intent. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's my only concern. All right. I'm not saying it's it's a, a, you know, we're totally ruining. That's because there's a deeper issue with that child. Agreed, 100%. And that's why I said that while we administer. That's a heart issue. Yes. With that child. Absolutely. And I think that as we are continuing to um, massage and grow that muscle that that will we'll we'll see a change in that as well yeah and in the chat room says she doesn't think sarcastic has a a negative meaning i don't know in my mind sarcastic does but snarky doesn't um the definition for snarky is testy or irritable short and the um i looked it up the other day because i was specifically called sarcastic okay Hold on. Pause right here. I'm having a hard time How typing in. Do, do, do. I, I, I just hate Stop silence. So you, I know you, you, do. Look, okay. you look up and I'll go. Okay. Do, do, um, do, the do, definition do, for, do, for do. sarcasm is harsh or bitter. Um, harsh or bitter. Where I can't. You can't read Derision it. or um, whatever. Or irony. But um, a sharp, a sharply ironical taunt um sneering or cutting remark and um maybe i am like that or at least that's the way I don't some know. people see me but um <coughs> i don't know so it, it is with a negative right and but there, there are ways to to not be sarcastic i i think there are ways to be lighthearted and to say things in a joking lighthearted manner that are not the the see I I'm th- I think what we're talking here is motive. See Absolutely. see phrases. See I think what what people m- we misunderstand in in this humor thing because I, I think we have we uh, my thing is you know how was it Martin Luther or was it Spurgeon that joke that says if if there's no laughter in heaven Spur- I don't want to go there. Oh that was Luther. Luther yeah, said that, that was- if if we have to walk on eggshells around everybody because we're afraid that we're, they're gonna misinterpret our are what we say Mm -hmm. then we might as well just give it up and just be super serious people all the time absolutely and i've determined that that's not who i'm going to be well that's something that i've been struggling this week is because i am in i'm in no way a people pleaser but have been wondering if i need to put a cap on myself at some point because because this microphone is a barrier they can't see my body language they can't see my facial expressions and there is something lost in the translation there is. of that. And, and, and so sometimes you where, will say things 
and you do not communicate with your your inflection of voice that you're joking and it does come all out all of my all of my communication is happening right here yeah. and for those people who don't <laughs> see that i think that they're losing a lot of who i am exactly and and i completely agree and my and my suggestion to you is probably not don't put a cap on yourself <laughs> i'll just be myself that, right here yeah. like this <laughs> wouldn't just, that make your life easier it, no it wouldn't <laughs> It, I, I'd get less email, but that's okay. I, I like the emails. Um, some of them. But anyway, the thing is, is that I, I, God's been dealing with this with me. I've, I've had some issues of my own with certain people who misinterpret my motives and intentions. And the thing is, is that, and we're going to talk about the communication and, and yes, sharing and love in just Absolutely. a few minutes. But I just recently, uh, or this morning, uh, before you came down, I recorded an almost daily devotional called, it, it, it's a, Are You a People Pleaser? Um, and so I'm going to release that a little bit later today and that's at almost daily devotional.com. What? Yes. Well, isn't professor Allen so wise? He says, I actually don't want to be myself. I want to be better, kinder and gentler. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it. Absolutely. And, and, and by being yourself, hopefully being who you are is a person who is continually growing mm-hmm. to be kinder and gentler, but, uh, and you're, but you're at the same time. That- you have to be happy with who you are today with your flaws so that you can express so that those flaws may be uncovered and people can share with you in love that those flaws are there. And then right. all of a sudden you can then improve upon them. Right. Saying that I'm comfortable with who I am doesn't mean that I'm not open to change. Exactly. That's the whole reason that I'm self-examining myself. That's exactly right. You know, uh, otherwise I Search wouldn't even me, be. Oh God, is there any way wicked way within me? Yeah. Otherwise I wouldn't be the sitting here, everlasting you know, life. asking yes. myself those questions. I wouldn't be taking any concern or or question with it if I was completely content in myself. Right. And Professor Allen is just saying that he's heard people say I'm being myself as an excuse to be sarcastic and hurtful. And I I agree with you 100 percent. And absolutely. A lot of people say, well, that's just who I am. Well, the the question is, it's like, okay, that's fine. But you can change. (laughs) Be who you are. Don't be afraid to be who you are moving forward. Hopefully who you are moving forward isn't the same as who you are today. Right. Um, that's this what I'm is, saying. That's actually, I'm just being myself. I'm just being who I am is an excuse that, um, that my dad uses a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to be just like him. Right. Until I learned that I can change and I can grow and God can soften my heart. And now you get a much lighter version of what I used to be. Right. You know, I have learned a lot. I have learned a lot since I left my dad's house in how to still be myself, um, still be who I am, but being acceptable to growth and change at the same time. Right. Now, Carol, in the chat, I agree with you completely, and I love who you are. And well, I, you. I loved who you are were back then. Nah. Yeah. Uh, she was messed up. <laughs> but but I, I fall, you know, as as... As we both grow closer to Christ and we are making adjustments based upon his prompting and leading, we become more lovable. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, it, it, so anyway, uh, Carol says in the chat room, some people would have a heart attack if they heard the things that my husband said and uh, husband says to me in jest. But I totally know he doesn't mean it and make and it makes me laugh. But not every company or not every couple would joke that way. I think for me, the bottom line is you have to be sure in your humor, whatever type of humor it is, that you're not hurting anyone's feelings. Absolutely. And uh, I, 
absolutely. There there are things that Stephanie and I say in well, jest to one another. We just another. found out this week that we were saying something in humor and it was really hurting someone in the community. And I tell you, my heart was hurting yes. that I had hurt that person. Exactly. I mean, aching, but um, it was... It, it was just a misunderstanding. It was just a misunderstanding. And and let me just tell you, I am so thankful to this one individual. No names being said here, but uh, this individual do you know what, wrote do you know what they an did? email. What? Absolutely. They wrote in and they said, you you have hurt me in this way. And even though I, you know, could be interpreting it wrong or, or your motives were wrong or, you know, what whatever it was, um, I have been hurt and our relationship cannot change unless I say something and we resolve it. That's right. Well, and, and I want to just point out, I, and I'd have to go back and reread it, but I don't think it said you hurt me. I think it says I have been hurt. I feel hurt because of. Right. And, and that's going to go to the. Ad-libbing. Sorry. I know. <laughs> well, I just want it, it. It's important in You're light right. of what we're getting ready You're to right. come up on. You are. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I just want to end this conversation about this humor and having too much fun in 2009. Uh, one of the things that this this time together uh, brought up is, well, two things. Number one, we've decided that from five to eight thirty. Uh, or no, 4.30 to 8.30 on Thursday evenings are non-negotiable family times here for our family. Mm-hmm. And that's just something we're going to have every week. It, I'm not going to schedule a consulting call with you. I'm not going to sell equipment during that period of time via email. None of that stuff's going to happen. It's going to be family there's time. there's going to be an iPhone box that you, yeah, you know, we'll, drop we'll, at the we'll door. Check the, we'll check the iPhones down in here and leave it on the charger. All that stuff, Just it's going to be pure family night. So with that being said... Um, the idea of marshmallows at the dinner table, Stephanie and I have talked about, and here's what I'd like to propose how we do this. Okay. All right. So I'm thinking we need to take, uh, w- uh let's see, five, one gallon bags or baggies full stuffed with, with marshmallows. Right. All right. The big, the big jumbo marshmallows. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then what you, what we'll do is we will tape that underneath each spot, either each dinner table spot oh, under the table. Okay. Okay. And so we'll, we'll have to specifically show who sits where and the kids will not know this will be done before school, before, before they, they come home, home from yeah. school tomorrow. And what we'll do is we'll tape them under there and then right at the appropriate time, you know, we'll just somehow we'll like remove the cups from the table without them thinking about it. Okay. But then what we'll do is at the appropriate time, you and I will look at each other. We'll, we'll give each other that nod and we'll reach under the table and we'll <laughs> open excited. up the bag and then you'll do the count off and you'll say three, two, one. And we'll just start taking it and start winging these at our kids. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then what we'll do, what we'll do is we'll actually uh, uh, tell them that they have one under the table as well. Yeah. And, after uh, my bag's empty. After <laughs> no, your I'm bag's empty. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's funny. So we're planning, that's going to be fun. We are planning a marshmallow fight tomorrow night. We are. And uh, so I af- need to go to the store and get some marshmallows. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we're also planning to do a, 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 yeah. a new devotional together as a family. Uh, it's called, matter of fact, I've got it here in my notes. Yeah, you wrote it down. One year of dinner table devotions and discussion starters. 365 opportunities to grow cl- closer to God as a family. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's at the very end of our show notes here uh, on 
this episode. And if you go to familyfromtheheart.com, there's a little button that you push that takes you to our to the section in the forum where all the detailed notes here are. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, speaking of fun, we also had um, just another thing we'll share with you guys. If you want to hear what a uh, having fun for the Ravenscrafts might sound like, we had an enjoyable experience geocaching, Stephanie. We really did. How would you describe geocaching now that we've done it? In just a few sentences. It's an adventure. Okay. I mean, it, it's like, but, but, but the okay. details, what, like what was, does it involve? What do you go and do? You're, you're treasure hunting. Okay. You're, you're out, um, treasure hunting based on a longitude and latitude. Um, uh, oops, sorry. I can't think of the word I want to say. Okay. So basically what location. you location. Yeah, so it, it, basically people go and they hide. How do you forget the word location? I don't know. <laughs> Me neither. But you basically people go and they'll they'll hide a a an item or a bunch of items in some kind of waterproof container out in a public place, but probably typically out maybe in a trail or somewhere like that. Um, kind of where it's not going to get disturbed, but if you were, if you knew where to look, you would be able to hopefully find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what you do is once you get to that location, you use the GPS device and you write down what the latitude and longitude are. And then you go to geocaching.com and, and you can log that. And then other people can go and find those different things. And so we did that as a family and it was a lot of fun. If you're interested in learning all the complete details of this, this, if you look looking for something to do that is fun and family friendly. This is awesome. It was. I mean, it was a ton of fun. We had a great time. And uh, if you go to mycrazylifepodcast.com and look at episodes 373 and 374, um, I definitely encourage you to check those out. Yep. All right. We had it. We had a great time. Right. All right. So where am I going for the show notes? Um, it oh, is, I see it. I got it. Yeah. 47. All right. So basically we'll uh, move <laughs> Professor Allen's uh, five minute voicemail <laughs> saying that in jest, hopefully not in, in, in offending him in any way, shape or form. Or yes, <laughs> please. I just laughed and I got a big smile on my face. He, he did <laughs> laugh. Believe it or not. That, right. that was his laugh. But we'll put we'll put his voicemail. <laughs> Uh, after this, uh, he says no hurt feeling here. Good. So anyway, uh, we want to go ahead and just talk about sharing the truth in love, communicating. And this was a almost daily devotional that I did the other day. It was talking about how uh, uh, let's grow up, I think, is what the title of it. Let's, ju- let's just, or it was let's grow up. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, it says, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up. Now, that's not the full verse, but that's the gist right. or that's the the main thrust of this verse and what it's saying. And uh one of the things that basically the important thing here for us is that there are times when we are hurt and we're offended. And we'll we'll even just keep this as related to husband and wife because that's really the scenario. Mhm. Uh, that's going on that that's being talked about in this devotional guide. Um, if a husband is consistently doing something that really hurts or offends the, their their wife, there are two ways really that we can tell the truth to other uh, other people and let them know that we've been hurt. One, <laughs> Stephanie is the give them a piece of your mind style, which only drives the wedge deeper. That's right. So if and and obviously this is the one that that sometimes I resort to. It's like, I just, it's like, listen, I've been hurt. I've been offended 
and I'm going to let you know it. Yeah. Like, um, one day, six months into our marriage, um, you're going to share one about yourself and how you did that. Right. Not me. Right. I do it all the time, but hold on. I was just saying, you know, one day, six months into our marriage, I was totally berated with all the things that you had been hurt about and, and over. And, um, it was, it was a very trying time, but, um, there are many times that even, even recently I was talking to you and telling, well, you don't do this and, and you don't do that. And then somewhere in the midst of it, I was like, well, wait, I'm really not holding up my end of the deal either. So maybe I need to go about sharing this in a different way. Right. Right. That, okay. Okay. So, so basically there, there is the opportunity of, of the giving them the peace of your mind. However, there is the biblical way, which is speaking the truth in love, Ephesians 4, 15. And this style resolves conflicts and also has the ability, if you do it correctly, to actually strengthen relationships because we're all going to have, we're all going to have conflict in our relationships as husband and wife, uh, as, as brother and sister, as friend, coworker. Whatever the case may be, whatever your relationship is, there's going to be uh, different ways of dealing with them. Now, um, in an earlier devotional on my Almost Daily Devotional, I talked about the fact that there are a couple of things you can do. One is you can avoid it and bury your feelings and stuff like that, which, uh, you know, doesn't really work. it doesn't work at all because those those feelings are just buried alive and they will eventually dig them way, themselves back up and uh, excessive um buried feelings basically all that happens is future offended offenses only multiply um or increase um what do you call that Ex- exponentially so yes. it only it just only piles on the hurt if you will the other thing that you can do is of course decide to share the truth and and share what's going on so speaking the truth in love resolves conflict let's say um suppose there is a couple that's fighting because he's habitually late coming home from work or whatever the case may be how that never happens here no not at all <laughs> how can this wife speak the truth in love and still and still get her message heard stephanie well, i can tell you i've been this wife and okay. i have approached this from two different the peace of my mind style two different yes um or i could say i've approached this from from both sides of 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 communication i have given you a piece of my mind and said look you are just a staircase (laughs) sorry i just pushed a little nose on the eye dog yeah don't push the nose on the eye dog because he will bark and dance and gotcha all these things um you know got about it in the you are just a staircase away from coming home there you know there there's no traffic jam there there's no excuse for you to be late and it really is obnoxious um i have told you that i have said these words that um actually said these words too you said i'll be up in 10 minutes i said okay so that's more like 30 minutes to an hour um in completely telling you that i don't believe anything that you say and you're gonna come when you're ready anyway um and then I can just, and then I have said, you know, I am, it, it hurts me when you don't uphold your word 
when you say you're going to be here at a certain time and you don't show up, I feel um, less than important and um, completely in the way of your life. And um, we need to fix that. That something needs to be done about that. That that was more ineffective. It wasn't what you were doing. It, it was how I felt as a result of what right. you were doing. And 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 the and the emphasis there was that you're not saying, well, you obviously don't care about me and right. attacking and suggesting Which things. Which I've done. Right. But but in in the proper response when you say, well, I feel that I'm just in your way and that I'm just in an annoyance and that or I'm just a roommate or something of that nature. That this is how I feel. The I'm responsible for what's going on in my mind, what's going on in my heart. And I don't know if you're aware how what you're choosing to do is affecting how I feel, but um, I recognize I I own these feelings, but I just want to let you know these feelings are there. Mm-hmm. And so that is a, a great way to communicate. So basically, suppose a couple is uh, fighting because the the husband's been habitually late. How can the wife share the truth in love and get her message heard? There's a five-step process that's effective in marriage, friendships, and work relationships. But uh, basically, we're going to talk about this in a marriage relationship with that scenario. She could say to him, number one, I feel frustrated. Notice there's no blame there is no attack. There's just an honest expression of how she feels, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two, when you're late, no judging, no name calling. You're not labeling him as, you know, a workaholic, blah, 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 you know, all this other stuff. Just a concrete description of what his action is. So the, the action is you're late, the 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 feeling is I feel frustrated. So I feel frustrated when you're late. Then number step number three, it seems to say to me that my time is not really important to you. Now what she's not saying is you just don't care about me, or you by doing this you are telling me that my time is not really important important to you. It she says it seems to me that my time is not really important to you. It's it, you're not you're not making this a moral inch issue at all. This is just honestly sharing feelings because that's what you want to address. You want to address the fact that your feelings have been stomped right. on, right? Well, didn't we just deal with this yesterday? I think so, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> yesterday, I had I, I was asking, and I didn't. I know that. Um, I had just come in or something. Anyway, um, asked in a very hurried manner. I didn't really consider how I was speaking to you when I asked. But I asked if you could um, be at home, be not working from the time your call ended until right up until your next consulting call, was, which was going to be like three and a half hours. And the response I got was a sigh. <laughs> I'm No lie. A sigh. And... um. And it really did feel to me as if, you know, my time or what I needed your help with was not important. And I didn't handle it in the best manner. Clearly, I just said, don't sigh at me. <laughs> Which, um, yeah, I, I I didn't handle it right. I Don't sigh at me. If you, you know, if, if that's not going to work for you, then then just tell me that's not going to work for, for me, but I can do this. I 
don't sigh at me. I'm not a child. And so then we went, um, we agreed on four 30 or five and I was upstairs and I was fixing dinner and, um, I said, he's not going to be up here by four 30. It's just, he's not going to do that. I just know that. And I was, I was tearing you apart in my head. Really? I was. And, um, on this matter of, of, of not being home when you said you would be. And I turned and looked at the clock no lie. I turned and looked at the clock. It was 5.06. I'm like, well, there you go. He's not even going to make it by five. It's it's done. It's over with. I'm just going to get whatever he's got left over. And uh, But I dealt with my own issue because at that point, it wasn't even an issue with with your time or you being late. It was, it was my issue in that I had let it um, just blow up out of proportion inside my head and my heart and... But those were valid feelings. Now, the time that we did agree upon was five and I was there at five ten. OK, that's still not five. I so don't, don't I, try I do, to excuse your way. That's I'm not going to excuse myself out of it. But I understood that, you know, we did say five and I and like we had to have we had to have a talk about one day. Um, this may be way too much information than you want me to share, but we would agree on a time that you would that you would I say come home because we do try to remember that this is your job down here and so we had agreed on a time that you would come home and you were coming home at that time every day but you would walk up the stairs and you'd be like I need to use the bathroom and then I'll be right there and I'm like uh no do that on your own time <laughs> and so I mean we these are these are conversations that we had to have so that we are having the best family time that we can have in the short time that we do have right did I say that right yeah okay all right, so back back to the to the way the to, to handle this in the not the Ravenscraft household way, uh, because we don't always uh, live this out yeah. as much as we would love to. But anyways, but we're working on it. We are working so, on it. That's why we're here talking about exactly. it. Exactly. Because we and and this this isn't just the way that Stephanie handles it. It's it's the way that I need to handle things as well. So, um, but anyway, like not sighing at your wife. Like not hand. sighing at my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! Anyway, it seems to say to me that I'm not that uh, that my time's not really important to you. So the next step, step four, please try to be on time or call and let me know that you'll be here. And th- what this says is when in, you'll be here in, or when you'll be here. So instead of focusing on the past actions that he can't change, mm-hmm. what you should what she should be telling him is what you would like to hear dif- or see differently in the future. And then basically, would you be willing to and then say, would you be willing to do that? It's not demanding. It's not taking it for granted that he heard you and that, yes, he'll do it. It's you're asking, would you be willing to do that? Would you at least be willing to tell me that I'll be here on time from now on because I know this hurts you or that that, that it seems to communicate that I don't care about you? Um, would you be willing to either be here on time or at least call and let me know that you're going to run a little late? And what you're doing is you're asking for consideration and you're asking for cooperation, which, again, gives the opportunity for strengthening the relationship instead of driving the wedge apart or driving a, a further wedge in between the, few, the two of you. And then, of course, if he agrees, then you have a contract. You know, it's like mm-hmm. now he said that this is what would happen. I have to say for the wife who is constantly being let down um, it is it is hard to believe that that contract will be upheld. So I think that that to that wife who is trying to find a new way to share how her husband's actions are making her feel, 
not that those are his motives, but that is how she is feeling. Um, once you sit down and do it all, that doesn't mean that it's all immediately going to be fixed. I mean, that doubt and that trust, um, well, that trust has to be rebuilt so that that doubt goes away. Right. And that's all something that takes time. So just, um, immediately fixing the communication problem is not going to immediately wipe away the scars of the hurt from the past. Although you, you don't dwell on it, but doubt is there. It right. is going to be there. And I can tell you that even when I was able to sit down and, sh- and, and share with you how your action of being late all the time was really making me feel and how I was, um, well, really, I had I had built up this bitterness inside. So even when you did arrive, I was already um, cranky and and bitter, and it affected the rest of our the rest of our night. Really, you should have never showed up, and that would have been better. Um, but so you you find a way to share um, positively, but that doesn't mean that at you know four forty five you're not going to be wondering. You know, is he really going to be here? Is it is it really going to happen? You know, so it's it takes time to to believe that that the word is that the contract is going to be upheld. That's right. I, am, am I making myself that, clear? That makes perfect okay. sense. But here's the next thing: what you want to do is is I think it's extremely important, and this isn't just for she, but the, this is the example we have. It's important that the wife sincerely uh, or thanks the husband sincerely. And rewards the effort each time he makes. <gasps> Go ahead. What? You can finish reading it. Okay. Uh, she thanks him sincerely and rewards every effort he makes to keep his word. What does that mean, rewards? I mean. Uh, kiss on the cheek, a hug. You know, okay. hey, I'm really excited about the fact that this you're here is, on time. This is only funny. And, and. I'm I'm not saying that I'm right, but sexual um, favors. <laughs> I thought that was coming. <laughs> anyway, um, that was we a take joke. I know we take um, a parenting approach that we are not going to reward our children for expectations that we already have. So I'm not going to reward my husband when he follows through on an expectation of showing up on time. See, I disagree with that. I, and and number one, that's I, because y'all are big babies and you just want us to pat you on the back and kiss your cheek in all, all the time. Well, I will tell you that from five love languages, my, my love language <laughs> is encouraging know. words. I know. And so, and, I can and say, a reward to me is I really thank you and appreciate the fact that you're here right now I, the and only, that you made it on time i'm just bringing question in the word reward okay that is all and, and and i think that we ought to be i don't want a bunch of men out there thinking that they're gonna get a little treat every time they show up on time a or, little treat can be a, a, a sincere thank you and a pat on the back i mean seriously it you have to let them know and and let's talk about the word reward because i think you're confusing it with bribe no i'm not because because okay. in parenting rewards I think are 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 very good. Okay. Um. So so there's there's negative reinforcement and positive reinforcement in parenting. I know that. And bribing as a parent is awful. That bribing says that before we go into the store, you're gonna bribe your child and you're gonna say, listen, if you are good, when we're in the store, I will buy you a a sucker at the checkout. 
A reward, however, is opposite. It comes at the other end. It does not suggest that you are going to get something if you do this. It says, wow, today you were really great in the store, and I want to tell you, I think that's awesome. Now, the the one thing I would say is that probably because of the, you know emotional eating and and food issues and stuff like that, rewards shouldn't always be should not be food items, right? But it's you know to say, wow, McKenna, you did awesome in the store today. You were such a big girl. You helped me. You didn't cry when I had to put back the five items that you wanted, uh, and stuff like that. Tell you what, before we're gonna go put this these groceries in the store or in the van, but we're going to drive over to the dollar store and I want you to go pick out an item, anything you want in the dollar store because you were so good today. That's a reward. And I think that is positive reinforcement and and is very helpful in helping people to understand just how, how much that, that kind of stuff means. And sometimes that reward isn't going so far as to get a dollar treat at the dollar store for the kid, but sometimes it's just a big hug and kiss on the cheek says, Wow, you were such a big girl today. And and sometimes I need that. Yeah, well sometimes I need that. And I'm just saying if I'm not getting I'm not getting rewards for the expectations that you have on me, then you're not getting rewards. <laughs> Let's start keeping points, babe. Here you Let's go. go. Okay, so I'm plus four and you're minus sixteen. <laughs> next week we're gonna talk about the five threats to marital oneness. <laughs> I'm, now I'm joking, and I see that's the thing. I knew you were joking, I know. but there are people out there that have no clue that you were just joking. No, I, I, I'm not joking about the rewards. I, a kind word of praise, okay, but I don't think that you should call that a reward. It is a reward. It, but let me tell you something. See, my love language. I. I know what your love language is, but the person, the man who's sitting out there whose love language is touch or, or gifts, I'm sorry, I'm, I, they're going to think of reward differently than you do. Okay. Well, let's just say my, my love language is physical touch. Let's just say that's my love language. Yeah. Then you have to understand that somebody who actually literally has the love language of physical touch. Got a it. touch on the arm and a kiss on the cheek. Thank you for being on time tonight. Is a huge reward. Okay, can we move on? No, I I think this is important, Stephanie. I do. And if I, if my I just if think my, it's poor wording. That's all. Okay, just exactly what Lee is telling me. Okay, it's just poor wording. <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say. I just don't like the the use of the word reward. Okay. How about we just scratch out reward and we put in, she thanks him sincerely. There you go. (laughs) Gosh, all of that. Matter of fact, I'm going to go in here, modify, (laughs) check this out. Um, I'm going to update here and let's see, sincerely, uh, check this out. And then we'll do that and then hit save. Refresh your screen, babe. All right. Refresh. Do you see what it did? I'm working on it. Tell, tell me if it refreshed. <laughs> Thank you. It says she thanks him sincerely and it's got the little cross through yep, the words yep. and rewards every effort he makes to his work. Okay. There you go. All right. She has effectively realigned the couple by making him her ally, not her enemy. See, mm-hmm. this is the thing. Um, the family life marriage conference that we attended. Do you remember? Um, I think you told me. Um, something that they said in the women only section that, that just really resonated with me. She, um, it was the first time we went. Okay. And it's like you, everybody had to repeat. 
he is not my enemy. Do yes, you remember that? I do. I do. And I still have to remind myself that time sometimes, especially in parenting, um, because of our crazy schedule, I am with our kids a whole lot more than you are. And we're trying to, we're trying to fix that now. I mean, that's yes. something, but over the last year, it's something that I've really dealt with. And you, um, on the times when you are home and you try to discipline the kids, I find myself getting very, how dare he talk to my children that way? Or, um, you know, who does he think he is to spank her? Duh, they're your kids too. Right. So, um, that, that's something that not only do I know, but that I've actually had to remind myself of quite often. Right. In uh, Lee is in the in the chat room. She's saying in marriage, the reward is often seen by the man as the S word. And yeah, the S and, word, I assume, is sex. And I don't think that you should reward with sex. I, I, I don't know that I, shouldn't be sex should never be used as a be weapon, a bargaining tool or a weapon. Jesus is not the weapon, Hugo. <laughs> OK, Jesus that was a lot. Not a weapon. <coughs> that was a that was a lost reference. But it yeah, se- sex is a weapon and, and sex is a bargaining tool not so good you're you will never have a love life again i mean nope you you might have sex but you'll never forget have. it you show on time every day this week you're still not getting sex that, well you may the, the what i'm saying is that if sex is ever used as a bargaining chip in a marriage and as a negotiating tool and as a reward then i will tell you, there will be no intimacy in your marriage there may be lots of sex but there will be, be no, very yep. little to no intimacy and um, it, it's just basically robbing your marriage of, of a primary gift that God's given us. So, yep. all right. So the Bible says this. It says we walk together when we have agreed to do so. And that's from Amos three, chapter three, verse three. Amos. We should have named our kid Amos. No, we shouldn't have. <laughs> Why not? Because we shouldn't have. All, all right. right. So that that's what we have there. And uh, we have a very... A uh, lengthy phone call from our friend, Professor Allen. <laughs> I'm just going to let it play here. He's got some good stuff that he shares. Um, some of it seems a little bit more in line with the About the Church podcast, but uh, he does he does tie it into the movie Fireproof as some, um, as some feedback. And he says something very, one thing that I really want to point out uh, and listen to what he says about the fact that what what appears to have happened with Kirk Cameron in the movie Fireproof took him 45 minutes and it, and he and something happened that doesn't even happen to us Christian husbands, uh, you know, over the past fifteen years or whatever, or, or however he says it. So listen for that in this four minute and forty se- forty eight second voicemail from Professor A. Hey Stephanie and Cliff, this is Professor Allen calling for family from the heart. I've missed the chat room the last few weeks. Sad to say, I think I'm a week behind on the podcast, but. Had a few comments on men and women in the church, and there is a tie-in to fireproof. So hopefully you haven't moved too far on from that topic. I saw a survey a month or so ago that reported that 57 to 58% of self-identified evangelicals are female. And that's a situation that I think has implications. I'm not sure the church has really thought about them or what sort of what's caused that, but I mean, I have a daughter, you guys have two. Statistically speaking, one of those three will likely be a lifelong single. And, you know, marriage and family has been presented in the church as, you know, the best path to fulfillment, sort of the foundation of church and life and of society. And, you know, if there's not a place for lifelong single 
uh, in the church, or if we can't get more men into the church, then you know, uh, you know, uh, our daughters may end up as lifelong singles, or probably worse, settle for someone who's nominally a Christian or are simply tolerant of their faith, but not an equally yoked partner. Again, that's that's just what the statistics are. And I think there are aspects of evangelical culture that play to this female audience in a way that might actually be turning off males. Uh, Customers of Christian bookstores run 75 to 80% female. Buyers of Christian novels, nearly 90% female. I don't begrudge the bookstores or the publishers this. I'm a business professor. They have to satisfy their customers. I'm cool with that. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a big reader, and I read a ton of novels, a ton of Christian novels, and almost all of them are aimed at women, written by women, featuring women. There's an entire genre of Christian fiction called prairie romance, for crying out loud. So let's just say there's not much in the average Christian bookstore that's male-centric or even male-friendly or male-welcoming. Uh, even the suspense novels or thrillers, D. Henderson and Terry Blackstock, authors that I enjoy, um, you know, even their male heroes are not edgy. Um, they're always, you know, sensitive and romantic and emotionally communicated, uh, emotionally connected. And I think that could be a barrier of entry to average guys, to regular dudes who don't live up to that idealized version of the you know, clean-cut, business-casual, 21st-century Christian male. Um, I mean, let's consider fireproof. The arc of Kirk Cameron's character is that he's a bad husband, becomes a Christian, therefore a better husband. Point seems to be that accepting the gospel will quickly make you, I don't know, a better listener, more sensitive, more romantic. Um, And I don't know if that expectation would have appealed to me when I was confronted with the gospel years ago. That image would not necessarily have resonated with me. It's kind of frustrating. Kirk Cameron is a better Christian husband after a few weeks in the faith in that movie than I am after working on my salvation with fear and trembling for nearly a quarter century. I mean, he's just presented as such a perfect dude that every woman would love. Uh, How about this for a movie? Kirk Cameron's already a Christian at the start of the film, but he's in a struggling marriage. He has addictions. He has a temper. He has pride. I would love to see that realistically portrayed. To, to see a man in process, as we all are, to have seen him through his friends in his church become you know, reconnected to his family, rededicated to his marriage, to me, that could have been a great movie. To see some of that slow process towards sanctification, to see something closer to reality, maybe something a little more male-friendly. I would like that movie to have been more male-friendly, but then yeah, I'd like the evangelical church as a whole to be just a little more male-friendly, at least not actively turning us off in some ways, modern worship music resonates much more with women than it does with males. Um, So I I just think there are aspects of our Christian culture that might actively be be turning off guys. And for the sake of our girls, our churches need more guys. Um, Again, I think there's some things in that church culture that might uh, actively be keeping them away. Anyway, I'm rambling as per usual. Thanks for listening, guys. I enjoy the podcast, the chat room, the boards. Take care. All right, Professor A, thank you so much. I, 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 the more I listen to that, I, I think that that probably would have been better for me to play that in, as a comment in the About the Church podcast rather than that uh, than hearing Family from the Heart. But I, there was one point that he did say when he said that, you know, 
uh, he, you know, as we as husbands have been um, working out our salvation for, you know, in fear and trembling, you know, for years, and we're still not half the husband that all of a sudden Kirk Cameron seems to be within just 45 minutes in this movie being all loving and caring and completely over his addiction to pornography and, and, and stuff like that. And, and the reason why I definitely wanted, and, and, uh, and Alan, I thank you for, for pointing that out because, um, I really know that there are a lot of people who have started to watch the movie fireproof who are, uh, using the love dare to try to encourage them on how to live as a, as a husband who is trying to, uh, pursue their wife once again and I think what's important to understand is that we don't look at that movie and then all of a sudden get the feeling like you know well because Christ is at the center of my life that I'm immediately going to be able to win my wife over in 45 days or 60 days because it's just not going to happen I mean it, it it you know it and and one of the things that I'm really happy about we talked last week about Victor and his response is that he understands that it was a slow fade that got him to the place where they are. And he understands that it's going to be a slow fade back. I love that. You know? I do. I really, and, and especially just how he said it in, in his email. It was, it was beautiful. It really was. Absolutely. But uh, definitely thank you for the feedback, Professor Allen. And folks, if you want to call in and leave your feedback for us, uh, it can be five minutes in length. If you want, we, we, we're not picky. We might pick on you. And if you don't want to be picked on, then keep it at two minutes or less. <laughs> but but if you don't mind being picked Way on, to go, that's fine. That's fine. You know, ah, oh, goodness. But anyway, if you if you do want to uh, leave us a voicemail, you can do so anytime, day or night at area code 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. Stephanie, if they wanted to uh, leave some uh, comments on our show notes and, and talk and have conversations with other people, they can do that where in the, in the forum? How would they find it? They could go to gspn.tv slash forum and there is a section for Family from the Heart. Absolutely. They could do that there. You can, uh, you know, leave a comment on the show notes or start a new thread and, you know, all that other stuff you just said. Exactly. And it uh, looks like on episode 46, I see that Victor did put the... Uh, the Spanish translation of slow fade. And so oh, very cool. that is under the show notes for episode 46 for anybody that's out there in Spanish or that, uh, their Spanish is their primary language. You want to check that out anyway. Uh, I guess we're going to go have some lunch. We are, we're going to get Kenna and, and, um, have some lunch and then come back here and do, do some, some accounting. accounting work. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, folks, uh, we thank you very much. And of course, it wouldn't be right for us to not thank Mardell.com, M A R D E L.com, for sponsoring this podcast. I'm, I'm honest, I say it every week. This podcast, wow, did I just, my music skip? Mm-hmm. Wow. This podcast probably would not happen consistently, uh, though it should, it wouldn't probably happen consistently on a weekly basis. If it weren't for the fact that this podcast is sponsored and it is sponsored by Mardell, they are awesome. If you have uh, any desire for the books that we've mentioned, the family devotional guide, um, the the couples together guide, any other kind of books, Christian uh, um, homeschooling supplies, music, movies, whatever, they've got them over at Mardell.com, M-E-R-D-E-L.com. 
10% off if you use promo code GSPN in the shopping cart. And what that does is it says thank you to them for sponsoring us as well as uh, communicating to them that, uh, you know, they've heard about. They've been, you know, basically getting exposure as a result. Although I will say what's really awesome about Mardell is they're not in it just for the exposure. They're also in it for the they, they love getting the emails that we forward to them that say, hey, my life is being changed as a result of this. And, hey, our marriage is improving as a result of this. And or, you know, whatever the case may be, they enjoy getting those just as much as they see seeing the orders come in. So if you want to send us a, a more private email, you can do that. The email address is feedback at gspn.tv. And until next time, join, join the community. The community.